Psalm 9 starts with a call to praise, and then it also reveals some aspects of God's character and nature for the marginalized of society. I pray that as we start to see God revealing some of these things, that they would not only be something we're just studying, but that they would become something that we also care deeply about, that we can start to become more like God in all aspects. I pray this episode blesses you. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are in Psalm 9. Again, another psalm by David. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you, and I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause. You have sat on your throne, judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken the enemy. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cry of the afflicted. O Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of the daughter of Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. 
The nations have fallen into the pit they have dug. Their feet have caught in the net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked return to the grave, all the nations that forget God. But the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted ever perish. Arise, O Lord, let not man triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, O Lord. Let the nations know they are but men. There's a lot going on in this psalm that I I love. Psalm 9 begins what's called an acrostic. So the first letter of the psalm is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it begins the acrostic. So we'll start to see for the next uh, few chapters the following through of the acrostic alphabet. And um, I just think sometimes we don't even understand what's going on because we don't understand the language, but I think it's important to point that out. I also love that this chapter starts with praise. Psalm 9, 1 and 2, it says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. There's such an importance regarding praise. And the Bible talks about praise a lot. Um, It often encourages God's people to praise the Lord. But the writers of the Old Testament use three basic words to kind of have this call to praise. They call the Israelites to come to this this place of praise. The word barak, which can also be translated as the word bless. The word halal, which is where we get the word hallelujah. And that basically just means praise the Lord. And the word yada, which is sometimes translated as giving thanks. And so the the Bible's first recorded song came after the Israelites had crossed into the Red Sea. So it was a song of praise and thanksgiving for this amazing miracle that God had did. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 15. And then later, Moses commanded the Israelites to praise God for his goodness, basically for giving them the promised land. We read about that in Deuteronomy. Um, We see Deborah's song specifically calling the people to praise the Lord because they had victory over the enemy that was in in Judges, I think chapter 5. David his praise to God is recorded throughout the story of his life all over the place and all over the Psalms. And then there are other Psalm writers that really challenge God's people to live their lives in a way that brings praise and honor and glory to God. So the Old Testament prophets would instruct God's people to praise him. And this call to praise is echoed throughout the New Testament. We see Jesus praising his Father in heaven throughout the gospel. Um, Paul expects all of the nations to praise God. James tells us to praise God. And even all the way in the end, in the book of Revelation, we see a description of a multitude of people and angels praising God without end. Praising God is one of the functions of the angels. And so it's a privilege that we have as God's people, as God's children, young and old, you know, every single generation, as God calls all of the nations to praise him. It, it says in um, later in the Psalms, everything that has breath is called to shout out a praise to God. And so I think one of the interesting things that we see throughout the scriptures is God commands everything, everything else that he has made in nature, 
everything to, to praise him. So it talks about the sun and the moon and the stars praising him, the lightning, the hail, the snow, the wind, the mountains, the hills, the rivers, the seas, the rocks, trees, all the living creatures. Everything that God has created shows his glory and that he is worth of praise, worthy of praise. And I remember learning in seminary about even, even just how we see God revealed in nature and how that is a call to praise. Um, I live in rural Pennsylvania and right now we have just the start of the turning of the leaves. And if you've been in Pennsylvania or anywhere really that has a beautiful autumn, you'll know what I'm talking about. You can look out the window or you can drive down the road and see just this beautiful display of God's handiwork and color. And that happens every fall. Every fall when the, when the weather starts to turn, we see this beautiful display of color in the autumn. And that, that natural order, that created order, there's a word in scripture called the hokmah of God. It is this understanding of the natural order of the way that God has ordained creation as a call to praise him. And we see that. And so there are different methods of praise and praising God can be shown in many different ways. But praise is one of the main elements that we see in uh, like our church services and our, and our worship services. But we can praise God in both the church setting and at home. Um, we do that through, through the Psalms. We do that through worship music. We do that pr through prayer. We can do that through um, praying in the spirit. We can do that through all sorts of different ways. But I think what it boils down to is an understanding of how praise should be integrated into our daily lives. Why do we, as a people, praise God? Like, what is the point of praise? Well, essentially, people praise God to express our awareness of his presence in our lives and to celebrate really who he is. And so we can sing of his power or his glory or his majesty. Um, we can sing glory to him because of the way that we see things in nature. We can, we can praise him for the way that we see him operating in our lives um, or for the forgiveness he's given us. It's a response of God's people to praise God for his care and provision both physically and spiritually. And and so this motivation we have for praising God, whether it's in our song, you know, worship experience or at home or the way we witness him or the way we serve him uh, through other opportunities to tell other people about him. There's always this call that we see, not just in the Psalms, but with all those passages I mentioned throughout the life of a believer to, pr to praise God. I think it's a dangerous place when we stop praising God. And while this isn't necessarily one of the spiritual disciplines we talked about last month, I think it is. Um, it is a spiritual discipline. And that's why I said, when we finished that list, I said this was not an exhaustive list. And perhaps we could have talked about praise during the week that we talked about worship. Um, but I think sometimes there's a difference between praise and worship. Praise happens in our worship. But praise is this 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 human response to God's sovereignty and his involvement in our lives. And so that's what we see at this beginning of Psalm 9, the, this call to praise where we see David saying, I will praise you, O Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all of your wonders. Praise should really just be an overflow of what God is doing in our lives. 
moving beyond the praise, um, in, in verse five, we see him, David speaking to, um, something that has not happened yet, but he's speaking as if it has already happened. He says, you have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The, that actually has not happened yet, but David is speaking as if it has already happened because he is so certain and he's so confident that God will do that. Um, that, that he's speaking it. And I think sometimes, um, there's something to be said too. There, there's this biblical concept of speaking life. We talk about speaking life or speaking death and speaking life is referring to calling out things according to the faithfulness of God. And there's power in our words. We talk about the power of life and death is in the power of the tongue. Um, there's, and we will probably get into that a little bit later, but, but this is an example of that kind of scenario where David is speaking life because he is so confident in what God is going to do. And then jumping down to verse eight, it says he will judge the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. David is basically giving thanks and praising the Lord because one day he's confident that he's going to fully rescue those that are dependent on him and, and he will bring judgment against his enemies. And so I think sometimes it's easy to get discouraged by what feels like, I mean, let's be honest, it feels like evil's winning sometimes with the culture that we are living in, with, with the things that we're seeing on the news. Um, I think sometimes it's easy to kind of get caught up in, the, in that and get discouraged in that. But, but we live in a fallen world. The world that we live in, we were not made for this broken world. And we can have confidence, as David does, that eventually God will bring justice to all these circumstances, to all these people. And we can even apply some of these verses um, that we see throughout Psalm 9 to the enemies of God and to the enemies of the body of Christ. Because there's always going to be conflict. There's always, as long as we're alive, there's always going to be this conflict between good and evil from the, the forces of um what we're pursuing in righteousness and how the enemy is fighting back, we're always going to face this opposition from, from Satan. That's the reality. He's the prince of this world. That's the reality of, of what we're going to experience here on earth. And so, um, the call here is to stand firm in the midst of that injustice or, uh, that, that the evil that we see present in the world. I, I want to jump down to verse 18, which I love. It says, but the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted ever perish. I, I, because I work in some of the most desperate locations of the world, um, this verse especially speaks to my heart. The needy will not always be forgotten. I'll tell you, the, the needy are forgotten in a lot of cultures, not by God, but by their own people groups, by their own governments, by their own false gods. A lot of the needy are forgotten, but God sees them. And it says the hope, their hope will not ever perish. God takes special care and there's a special um, provision for the poor or the marginalized of society. And God promises here not to abandon them. Um, we see that in verse 10. It says, those who know your name will trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. There's a part that I think is important to point out that that there's God's part and there's our part. 
So while we're living in this fallen world, we can recognize, remember what I said, that scripture reveals the character and the nature and the heart of God. So if we can see through these verses in verse 10 and then down to verse 18, that God does not forsake those who seek him and God does not overlook the needy and God gives hope to those that are afflicted, then we can allow that to inform us about how we are to behave as believers. If we are seeking to become more like God, then the things that break God's heart should also be the things that break our hearts. And so if you've not had an opportunity to to know much about what's going on outside of our bubble, outside of the U.S., outside of um, the, the Western part of the world, what we would say is the Western world, um, get a hold of me. Um, I, I go several times a year to, to some of these different locations and I would love to take you with me um, so you can step into that calling that we all have as believers to look after the needy and, and to make sure that they don't feel forgotten. So given that insight, I'm going to read Psalm 9 again. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will praise you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back. They stumble and perish before you. For you have upheld my right and my cause. You have sat on your throne judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. Endless ruin has overtaken the enemy. You have uprooted their cities. Even the memory of them has perished. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness. He will govern the peoples with justice. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord enthroned in Zion. Proclaim among the nations for what he has done. For he who avenges blood remembers. He does not ignore the cry of the afflicted. O Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death, that I may declare your praises in the gates of the daughter of Zion, and there rejoice in your salvation. The nations have fallen into the pit they have, they have dug. Their feet are caught in the net that they have hidden. The Lord is known by his justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. The wicked return to the grave and all the nations that forget God. But the needy would not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted ever perish. Arise, O Lord, let not man triumph. Let the nations be judged in your presence. Strike them with terror, O Lord. Let the nations know they are but men. God, we thank you for the way that your heart for your people is revealed in this psalm, that the, the way that David gives us an example of praising you, God, of praising you for who you are as an overflow of our hearts, for the way that we can trust you, for the way that we see your care for the people that feel forgotten, that are needy, that, that need hope. God, I pray that as you reveal to us the things that are important to you in your word, that that they would also become important to us, God. That we would not just simply ignore these things that you reveal to us about your character and nature, but that as we are seeking to become more like you, to hear your voice more clearly, that you would burden our hearts for the things that burden yours. God, I thank you for the people that are standing in the gap to serve the poor and the needy and the marginalized. And I pray for a special anointing on them, God, a special hedge of protection, that your shield would be over them, 
God, we pray that you would continue to empower them and protect them as they serve you. God, I thank you for the ways you continue to reveal yourself throughout your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, friends, before we close out the show, two things I want to remind you of. We have a couple of free resources available to you. Actually, three free resources. The first is our daily Christian women's daily Bible study group where you can just find some community, connect with other women. Sorry, guys. Uh, pray together. Share what God's doing in your life. Um, I, that's becoming a blessing for a lot of people. The weekly newsletter that goes out with some journaling prompts that kind of help you process the things we're talking about and learning. And then also on the resources page, you can go to shehears.org slash resources or shehears.org. You can just click the resources link. There is a free seven-day devotional for you that is looking at the desires of the heart that was just recently put up. So I pray that those resources are a blessing to you, and I pray that as you continue to lean in to this relationship with God, you'll start to hear his voice more clearly. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.